All right, week eight of the NFL DraftKings uh, and picks. Don't forget to go check out the website, Three Star Recruits, and with our man Obey Breezy, Obey underscore Breezy on Twitter. Man's on fire. If you're not following his blogs or this podcast, you hate money. Uh, I will be doing this podcast, and I've been on a run, dude. I've been doing this podcast every day for, I think, 29 or 28 days. This will be my last day until probably Thursday night football as we head to the hospital tomorrow night to have our baby. So I'm going to kick it over to my man, Breezy, to give you some DraftKings advice, and I'll give you week eight picks. What's going on, guys? Hope you guys did well last week. Uh, the lineup that I ended up using from the article did really well. Had 208 fantasy points, easily cashed in all contests. And if you go on the weekly Breeze, you'll see uh, uh, you'll see a picture there of the final lineup. It could have been much higher because we had salary burn from Travis Kelsey only getting like eight points, I think, and pretty expensive guy. We could have maybe gotten 230, um, but nonetheless, another win. Let's get into week eight. Um, so players to build around this week for me, um, auto locking in the lineup. Don't even have to think about it for cash. This Kareem Hunt at 6,900, um, just been super consistent, has a has a stable same workload each week. We know Chubb's not back. Um, going against the Raiders D, which I love taking running backs against Raiders D. They haven't haven't done well, um, and he's really involved in the pass catching game. So locking him in. Uh, let's talk about Keenan Allen at 6,200. Just the target monster always has been. We were all a little bit nervous with Justin Herbert, but I think I think uh, you know after the last few weeks, I'm pretty impressed with. Justin Herbert and how he slings the ball um, and back to Keenan Allen just his targets are just unreal he should see 10 plus targets throw a touchdown in there and you have a huge game even at eight catches for 102 yards is a ton of points in DraftKings um, I, I don't think we have to think about it much he's in the mid 6k price range it's it's a lock and load for me um, and then lastly Jamal Williams for Green Bay at 6,100 <clears throat> with Aaron Jones out again and the winds looking to be anywhere from 20 to 25 miles an hour at times during the game. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of running and not only that, like Jamal Williams is a beast. I don't know if you've, if you watched last week or ever watch him when he runs, but he runs like hard and his cuts are just disgusting. And even if he, when he's not cutting and he's running into a defender, he's trucking them and he's hard to bring down. He's in the pass-catching game. Um, the rookie, Dylan, hasn't been showing that much. Jamal's getting the goal line work. Uh, I don't know I don't know how you fade him today at 6,100. Um, those three, you know, pop those guys in and then work from there. Uh, currently in my article, I do have Devontae Adams at 8,800 as a player to build around. Um as you can see from last week or the last time they played Minnesota, um, he's an absolute monster. Uh, 10 plus targets, two touchdowns, 150 plus yards. Um, just an absolute beast. I am a little bit concerned with his price and the wind um, at second thought. So I've been really deciding if taking Devontae Adams is worth dropping down to somebody like I don't know, Tyreek Hill and uh, AJ Green or somebody and and spending that money elsewhere, um, either at QB or tight end or wherever you, you need to upgrade your lineup a little bit. Um, my lineup right now is 
is looking like I was going to play Kendrick Bourne as one of my cheap guys, but if I drop down on Devontae Adams, I wouldn't have to go that low and be reaching, even though I think he'll have some ownership, and we'll talk about him here in a second. Um, but Devontae's definitely in play. It's just you got to make the, the opportunity cost decision on his 8800 worth worth not getting two, two middle-priced really good plays this week. And with Devonta and the wind, you know, at least something's at a little bit of a disadvantage for him. Although I think Rodgers is going to mainly look to Devonta on short, short outs and in short plays where Devonta's great in the open field and, and could absolutely dominate today. So that's going to be one of your major decisions this week. Uh, QBs I like this week. Um, if you're paying down, I like Jimmy G against Seattle and I like Derek Carr. Um, Jimmy G has the easiest matchup this week. It's the Seahawks. No Mostert, no Jeff Wilson. They'll have to lean on Jimmy to get the job done. Um, we know that Seattle just puts up points. Russ Wilson's having an MVP season. I think they're gonna. I think the 49ers are gonna be playing from behind. So at 5,400, locking in someone like Jimmy G doesn't seem crazy to me when you're looking at the top guys up at 7,500. So you're saving 2K salary on someone against the worst D in a pass catching or in a pass throwing game script um, and a, a game that's normally really close every year 49ers and the Seahawks um, as for Derek Carr I, I think for his price he, he's another guy that you can go to if, if you don't want to play Jimmy G and you might be able to pair him with someone like Darren Waller um, or even Nelson Aguilar or Josh Jacobs if you just want to have both ends, you'll have all the touchdowns in the game, whether Josh runs it in or Derek Carr throws it in. Definitely good choices. And uh, I did want to throw in, if you want, if you wanted to pay up for a QB, um, mid-range, I would say Joe Burrow in a good spot versus Tennessee. He's throwing it on average 40 times a game. Uh, they're 1-6-1, and one, I think, so there's no reason for him not to be airing it out, getting in this practice. Um, and it looks like his chemistry is growing with all of his receivers and especially A.J. Green. And now, you know, to me, they seem like a scary offense, even though they were a really, really poor team this year in terms of record. I, I think he could go for 300 plus this week and you could pair him with A.J. Green at 4,500 and and take that as like a little salary saving cash stack. Um, another running back I like this week is Dalvin Cook. Um, for Green Bay or for Minnesota, excuse me. Um, in Week One, he played pretty well. He got 21 fantasy points. He's been injured, but the coach he's he's had some practices this week, and the coach said that if he does play, he doesn't expect Dalvin to be on any sort of snap count. Um, and that was the biggest thing. And with the with the wind and and just who Dalvin is and what he does at 7,500, this might be the lowest we're going to see him for a while. I think I think after this week, he goes up. I don't expect a lot of ownership on them because of how many good options there are this week. But if uh, if you do play him, you could be really rewarded if he does have a breakout game like I'm expecting. But if you don't play him, he's not going to kill you in cash because not enough people are going to have him to make a difference. Um, I talked about Josh Jacobs a little bit at 6,200. He's probably your best mid mid-range running back this week. Um, he has over 1,800, you know, scrimmage yards, I think, in his career already. Um, he's an absolute workhorse, and he's going against the Browns D, who's who's not, who, who aren't that good, but he he's pass catching. He does it all. He's got the goal line. 
he's going to get all the work. He had one bad week last week. If you go back and look at his other games, he's pretty much getting you just what you need at 6,200, and he's not even popping in that many touchdowns. Um, Add a touchdown into the mix because he hasn't been getting them. So, you know, you just assume at some point, you know, naturally you're going to get some touchdowns in. Um, You should have a good week this week. Um, and then just lastly on running backs, there's so many. That's why I think this week's going to be really diverse because you can go anywhere. You can go Miles Gaskin too, who I who I didn't even put on my sheet because I don't know if I'm going to even have to go there, but I don't want to provide you guys with eight different running backs, you know, and then it's going to be really hard to figure it out. But there is so many good plays. Um, Alvin Kamara is going to be chalky too. Derrick Henry is going to be chalky as well. Uh, I didn't even go that route because I was kind of on the Devonta train. But without Mike Thomas, Kamara's just – He's like a wide receiver running back. He's getting wide receiver targets, and he's the main running back. Uh, it's hard to go wrong. It's against Chicago, so I got a little bit nervous about going there, but I can see why you would. And Derrick Henry against the Bengals. Um, I mean, at 8K, is still another good play, but I would stick with Jamal Williams for sure and Kareem Hunt, and then you got to decide on that last running back you're going to want to go, um, especially for cash. Um, a couple of wide receivers that I like that are cheaper are um, Kendrick Bourne at 3,500. Um, without Debo Samuel, week one through three, um, Kendrick Bourne averaged uh, 86 uh, air yards a game, or 55 yards a game, sorry, and 86 yards after catch, uh, number one on the team. And he averaged 83% snap rate and 17% target share, and he's almost min-priced at 3,500. So 83% snap rate against Seattle seems really appealing to me, especially if you're going Jimmy G, you can pair Kendrick Bourne with him. Um, and that way, even if even if Kittle scores touchdowns, at least Jimmy G is getting the touchdown and we have him as well. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I think a lot of people are going to go Harrison Bryant at tight end. He broke out last week um, on Cleveland. Everyone, everyone, thought, uh, everyone thought that David Njoku was going to get the start and Harrison Bryant actually got the start. He had like five catches, two touchdowns. And he's in another good spot. He's really cheap at 3,200. I think people go towards Harrison Bryant and not towards Kittle. Um, but there will be some ownership to Kittle, but I think Harrison Bryant's going to be the guy. Um, and then just to jump back to wide receiver, AJ Green at 4,500. Um, he had 11 and 13 targets the past two weeks, and he's just under the 100 yard threshold. I think this week he goes over 100 yards and has like anywhere from six to eight catches. Um, and that's a 20, 25, 20 to 22 point game for a 4,500, I think. I think he looks really, really good. Um, to round it out, Jared Cook at tight end, 4,400. I wouldn't go there in cash. I think you go with Harrison Bryant, but I love Jared Cook in GPP this week. Another week without Mike Thomas, another chance for Jared Cook to hawk a couple TDs in the end zone and hopefully break off a couple big plays during the game as well. Um, and yeah, let's just talk about the Ds. Well, we don't really talk about them, but I'll just say I like the Bills in the high end at 3,300. Um, New England looked horrible last week, and Bills D is getting stronger. Um, I like them at 3,300, but I don't think you need to pay up this week. I think you can just take the Dolphins um, at 2,400. If you go look at their uh, their recent games, I mean, they're averaging 15, 12, 3, 12. Lots of good games, and against Jacksonville and San Fran, and now they're going against the Rams, who, who look all right. But I, I think 
I think for 2400 they'll just pay off their value and you don't really have to reach and go anywhere else. Um, but make sure you check out the, uh, the article on the website, uh, Three Star Recruits, and I might have some updates before 1 p.m. So make sure you check back at like 1245 if you are using my article as some things may change. Um, I'll try to get it up a little earlier than that. But yeah, good luck today. I like it. And the Harrison Bryant thing is, uh, was it Najoka is rumored to be getting traded or wants to be traded. Those are rumors <clears throat> out of Cleveland. So <clears throat> I don't hate that play. All right, we'll get right into the picks. Uh, for week seven, we had two extra picks. We went five and two. We're now 22 and 15 on the NFL season, and we are up 6.2 units this year at NFL picks. Uh, this week, I post the article early, not knowing whether or not to be in the hospital. The risky pick of the week was Titans Bengals. This line opened up at the Bengals getting five and a half. It is now a Titans minus seven. Now, the Bengals might be the best one win team in the, in the NFL. Joe Burrow's one of four quarterbacks that's thrown over 2,000 yards this year. The Bengals are five and two against the spread. There is some things that are concerning, though. Joe Mixon's out, and there's also three uh, offensive linemen out today, starting offensive linemen. The Bengals have five losses this year by one, or, and only one of them is by more than five points. Uh, in the same time, the Titans, if you take out the Bills game, for their wins, the average win is two and a half points. The Titans are currently two and four against the spread. I like the Bengals getting seven. I liked them at five and a half. I do worry about uh, the offensive line issues. So I hope I'm not going to take this game. Uh, it's kind of risk, real risky at seven points, especially with Burrow just slinging the rock. So I don't, it's more of a risk now than anything. Uh, the official, first official pick. This line has moved quite a bit. Eagles versus Cowboys. This line opened up at eight and a half. It is now 11. Still love the Eagles here. I know the Eagles don't have a great record, but with Andy Dalton and Dak out, this is the Eagles division to win, I believe. The uh, Cowboys are starting Ben Nanucci. It's his first NFL start. Cowboys only put up three points versus Washington. Zeke has not pulled his weight. The Eagles are missing Miles Sanders, but Boston Scott has been pulling – that workload, in my opinion, very well. He's putting up the points, and he's there for uh, Wentz. And Wentz has a new favorite target is Travis Fulgram. This guy's a beast. He's getting double-digit targets a game. I like the Eagles, even at 11 points. I'll probably take that. I don't think the Cowboys are able to put up points or move the ball today. Uh, second pick, I love the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour. Packers Vikings this line open up at seven it's now Packers six and a half which I like even more it gives me less of a hook uh I think the line may move because Delvin Cook I believe is playing today uh Packers played in week one they won 43-24 Vikings scored 24 of their points in the fourth quarter which kind of made the game seem a little closer than it was Rodgers in week one threw for 364 four touchdowns Devonta Adams also tore it up uh, this year, the Packers are 5-1 against the spread. They're 2-0 against the spread at home. And in week one, the Packers averaged 8.5 yards per play against the Vikings. The Vikings on the flip side are 7-15, their last 22, against the spread versus winning teams. They're 2-4 against the spread after a bye week under their current coach. They are 3-11-1, their last 15, against the spread on the road versus winning teams. And in their last five against the spread versus Green Bay, and they are one and four, and they're three and eight in their last 11 in Green Bay against the spread. 
So I like the Packers here, minus six and a half. I actually love that a lot. My third pick, Raiders, Browns. Vegas got a lot of lines wrong last week. I feel like this week this is going to be one of them. Raiders, Browns. I like the Raiders getting two points. This line has not moved much. It opened at two and a half. It's pretty much a pick at this point, but I do like the Raiders. Keep in mind a big stat for this year. Underdogs of two and a half points or less are currently 16 and three this year in the NFL. The Browns are currently one and two straight up versus winning teams. They play the Raiders who are three and three who are not really a winning team, but it's going to be one of the best teams they play thus far. I mean, the, the Browns have played uh, the Bengals twice already. Their Colts are the only win versus a winning team, which I'm not sure. I'm a big believer in the Colts. Baker Mayfield versus winning teams. He's only averaging 185 yards. He's thrown four touchdowns, and he's thrown five of his seven interceptions this season versus winning teams. There's no OBJ, which could be good, could be bad. It could be good in the sense that Baker doesn't feel like he's got to force the ball to somebody. He can kind of go through his progressions. He did look pretty good last week. He completed 21 of 22 straight passes. The only incompletion was a spiked ball. So we could see Baker going the other side. The last time these teams played was 2018. The Raiders won 45-42 in overtime. I still like the Raiders getting two this week until the Browns prove me wrong. Uh, my fourth pick of this week. This is actually my lock, and I think this is another one Vegas is going to miss. I don't understand why they're doing this. I did get some more information this morning that is eye-opening. Rams versus Dolphins. I'm taking the Rams minus four. I don't know why this line is only four. I would, normally I would say this could be a trap. I don't think it's a trap. The Dolphins are playing Tua. This is his first NFL start. I have not been a believer in the Rams all season. I felt like they're overhyped. They're not nearly as good as they were the year they made a Super Bowl run. They haven't looked that good in a couple of years. But the Bears were supposed to be the next best thing in the NFC. And the Rams come out and look the best they've looked all year, in my opinion, last Monday night versus the Bears and shut them down. Rams are four and three against the spread. Uh, Dolphins are four and two against the spread. However, the big factor here is I could ramble off stats. None of it matters because Tua is starting, and we don't have any stats for the Dolphins. What Tua, excuse me, at quarterback. Keep in mind the Rams are third in sacks in the NFL this year. Aaron Donald's going to be up Tua's throat all day. I don't understand why Dolphins went this route and moving to Tua until this morning. I read some information. The Dolphins currently have the first and second round picks of the Texans right now. So if the Dolphins don't play well, the Texans aren't currently playing well. They're going to throw two in there, sink or swim. If they don't like him, we could have another Josh Rosen on our hands where they ship him out of town. If they get a good pick, you could see maybe a Justin Fields at Miami next year. So keep that in mind. This is why they're going with two. It all makes sense now. I mean, the Dolphins were three and three kind of in the middle of the division with the Bills struggling and they decided to make a change. I just think it's going to be tough for Tua today against the Rams. I think the Rams are overhyped, but you got Aaron Donald chasing Tua around. My fifth pick is Saints versus Bears. Saints minus four. This line opened up at five and five. 5.5. Michael Thomas is out. Allen Robinson is in. He was ruled out earlier this week, but he's back in as of yesterday. Uh, I went with the Bears last week. Tried to believe the hype. Bears are frauds. I just I'm not a big fan of the Bears. I don't think they are all they're cracked up to be. Nick Foles is too inconsistent. This team is going to turn into a gatekeeper. They might squeak into the playoffs, but they're going to get smoked. 
The Saints are three and zero and one against the spread. Their last four in Chicago, they're five zero and one against the spread versus the Bears. Their last six. So those are my five picks this week. I do have a bonus pick. I didn't do a ton of research on it, but I still can't believe we are doing this. Is this line's moving like this? Steelers Ravens. So one of the games I probably wasn't going to touch, but I will say this: if I were to bet it and I were to go put money on it, I am one hundred percent taking the Steelers. Steelers opened up as a favorite of like 1.5. That line is now crossed to the Ravens, who are a four and a half point favorite last time I looked. To me, that's insane. I get that the Ravens have Jackson and they're a winning team right now, but I think as a total team, the Steelers are a much better team. The Ravens are 27th in passing this year, and they're going to have to be able to pass the ball to beat the Steelers today. So if the Ravens can't do that, they're not going to be able to run the ball, in my opinion, versus the Steelers. There's too much. Too much on defense there to stop it. I like the Steelers getting points today. It's just nuts. It's four and a half. Yep. I agree. Uh, the avoid Bills versus Pats. Bills opened up at minus three and a half favorites. Now four and a half. I'm staying away from this because one, I'm a Bills fan. Don't want to jinx them. Two, this is a must win game for the Bills to take control of this division. This is their opportunity to say this is our division to win. Your 20 year run New England is up. Get out of town. Josh Allen is one of four quarterbacks over 2,000 yards. Patriots are missing Edelman, Stephen Gilmore, who is rumored to be on the trading block. He put his house on the market. He is taking offers on his house up until Tuesday at 5 p.m. Nikhil Harry is out. Cam is struggling. He's not MVP Cam that they crowned him in week two. The guy's garbage. Patriots 13-3 and three against the spread the last 16 meetings. That was with Tom Brady. I won't touch this game because it is a divisional game. So there's my five picks, my avoid, six picks. I'm making the Steelers an official pick. All right. You got anything else, bud? No, I think uh, I think those are some great picks, and uh, good luck in week eight, everybody. I hope you guys cash out. Don't forget to check out the website and all the other podcasts, and I will see or hear you hear my voice hopefully Thursday. Good luck. <laughs>